0: This past spring, our third-grade podcast club recorded an episode about the historical markers on our campus, but we didn't get a chance to share it before leaving for summer break. Up next, we're going to close out Season 3 of If You Knew Me Mondays with this archival episode. Take it away. If you really knew me. If you really knew me. If you
1: really knew me. If you really knew me, you would know.
0: Hey! Who are you?
2: Who, me? Yeah, you! It's Monday! Hello, and welcome to If You Knew Me Mondays, a student-powered, Park Day-inspired podcast that builds belonging by sharing stories and perspectives from the margin of our school and community. Say what? My name is Canyon, and if you really knew me, you would know that my favorite place on campus is the Sunken Garden, because it's calming. This is... Simone, Abella, Layla, Ellie, Sahara, Max, Jordan, and Lula. We're part of this spring's third grade podcast production team, and we're glad you joined us today. Have you ever noticed that on our
0: Perk Day School campus, we have historical artifacts, markers, and relics all over the place? Well, on today's episode, our third-grade podcast team will be taking you along with us as we uncover historical facts and other fun stories behind some of these
2: historical features.
0: Get ready to learn some new and surprising facts about our campus directly from some of our
3: primary campus caretakers.
0: Let's get started!
3: Before we get going, we need to make sure everyone understands what a historical marker is. Around the world, there are a lot of old locations that
0: hold incredible meaning and significance. Each place has a past, and historical markers are one way to document and remember who
2: and what was there before. All around Oakland, you'll find historical markers, signs, plaques, statues, even gardens. That have been made to honor a person, movement, or an important moment. Have you ever been to the Huey P. Newton statue in West Oakland? Well, the third grade went there not so long ago. What historical markers do you know about in Oakland? You guessed it, we want you to let us know on this episode's
0: Padlet. Okay, I think we're ready to get started. Wait, before we go, there's another reason to head over to this episode's Padlet. We made a map to help you find the historical markers on our campus. You can use it to follow along with us while listening to this episode, or use it to explore these parts of campus on your own. Okay,
2: now we're ready to begin. Cool, let's do this. Since our podcast club meets in the basement of the Magnolia Building, we're going to start here. Can you find the Magnolia Building on the map? Once you do, see if you can locate the closest historical marker. Do you see it? There's a cluster of them at the entryway of the Magnolia Building. Let's head there now to check them out. We're going to meet up with two campus caretakers and historians, Jennifer Cooper and Hannah Davis, and see what they can share about our campus's historical markers.
4: Hi, I'm Jennifer Cooper, and I'm the Facilities Director here at Park Day School. And- One of my favorite places on campus is the Sunken Garden. Hello,
1: I'm Hannah Davis and I am a gardener that's been taking care of these grounds for about 25 years. My kids went to school here and um, I have to say that the Sunken Garden is one of my favorite places on campus too. I also love the Redwood Grove, and the magnolia tree being under the magnolia tree Yes,
4: yeah, so is this the place where people were calling it a fountain
3: yeah this crew has dubbed it the magnolia fountain and they have wild stories about how it got shipped
0: it was probably a fountain and then maybe like after time someone maybe accidentally like shouted it so then they just took it all down except for the very little bottom bowl
3: and we all agree it's still beautiful but we're we're trying to imagine what's the history behind it
4: I don't know very much about it, but it looks like it used to hold water. I was looking at the tile some time ago to see whether there might be a place where water maybe came out. But I don't see in that tile mosaic, other than maybe above it, where water might have come out. Do you?
0: Right
4: Oh, so you think right there at the bottom. So makes me wonder if this
3: could have been a, a bird bath.
4: I was wondering about that also, because we have a number of bird baths that are here on campus that were part of the, um, the old Matilda Brown home, right?
1: Oh, actually, I, I, only one of them is. I brought the other one in. Yeah.
4: I didn't know that.
0: If you can't picture what we're talking about, think about where you put your dirty dishes at lunchtime. Can you picture the tiled concrete structure underneath the bay windows
2: in front of the Magnolia building? What is that thing? Aside from talking with Hannah and Jennifer, we also learned a lot from several other sources like our school's archive room and two different books. One book, Temescal Legacies,
0: includes some amazing photos and all kinds of information about the Ladies Relief Society's home for aged women, which happens to be one of the oldest charities in the West Coast and born back
3: in 1874.
0: The Ladies Relief Society's Home for Aged Women once owned a 10-acre parcel of land that housed the orphanage that is now Studio One Art Center, the nursery for infants that is now our very own Palm Building, and of course, the home for elderly women, which became known in time as the Matilda Brown Home. And the other book, A City for Children, is all about the historical
2: efforts made to house orphan children in the East Bay. You can find links to both of these books on the episode's Padlet. Wow, there really are so
0: many historical markers hidden in plain sight. We walk past them every day and never
2: stop to check them out. And it seems like the more we look, the more we find. I know, right? I'm getting the impression that we're probably going to need to update our map by the end of this investigation. Yeah, it's starting to feel like we won't have time in this
0: one episode to focus on all of them. Let's use this episode to highlight a few of these time capsules and think about covering the rest later. That sounds like a plan! We asked Jennifer and Hannah to help us narrow down our list, and together we decided to focus on the Friendship Gate and the Sunken Garden for now. Find the Friendship Gate on the map, or walk over if you're on campus. And let's listen to what Jennifer and Hannah have to share about this unique piece of Park Day history. So it used to
4: be back 10, 15 years ago, 30 years ago. Yeah, it was
1: installed around 1995 or 96. Okay,
4: and the gate was originally installed right here on this sidewalk. Okay, now we're talking about the iron gates
0: that are opposite of the 43rd Street entrance. If you ever get dropped off in the school's driveway in the morning, chances are you've walked through these gates. They're right behind the Learning Garden Yerk
4: going that way and the other direction on either side of me here right by the yurt, there was a fence. And behind me was Park Day School. And in front of me, where you guys are standing, was the Matilda Brown home.
1: Back about 30 years ago, there were some teachers who taught kindergarten and first grade and uh, Joni and Susan used to bring their kids over to visit the grandmas. They called them the grandmas. And since there was no gate here, they'd have to walk out that gate, walk all the way around the block and then come in that gate and then go inside the building. And what is now the great room at that time was a living room with chairs and sofas that the older ladies sat in. And the kids would come over, five and six year olds with their books and they'd sit down next to one of the ladies each kid had one person they were visiting and they would read to them and so Joni decided that there really needed to be a shorter way to get there instead of having to go all the way around Uh, a parent at the time whose name is Ann Leahy uh, got involved and her brother was an artist a sculptor and he designed that gate and they brought it over and they cut a hole in the fence and they put it here right here and they call it the friendship gate because it opened up friendship between the school and the ladies that lived over there. I think that's a really cool story
0: and it's also a faster way to get in. I think it has a really beautiful story
3: and that fits because it's a very beautiful gate. It makes sense to me because Fences, like when they click together, that's like friendship. They're holding hands.
4: The fence used to be right here. See the gate there? Yeah. So that was there. There's the friendship gate, but then there's the other gate that you come in from the sidewalk at 43rd Street. If you go along that line, along this sidewalk, and all the way that way, it actually went into the sunken garden. And when we um, purchased the property we had to do some brickwork in the sunken garden so that we could make it whole because it actually went across the sunken garden. Um, And that fence went all the way through. And then the fence that is on the edge of the field, it's that same fence. So if you drew a line from the fence on the edge of the field, it would connect all the way down to that 43rd street gate.
0: Okay, now look at your map and grab a pencil. See if you can draw a line from the field to the fence, that was where the original fence was.
4: So when we expanded the campus, and it went from two acres to four acres, right? So all of that half of the campus then became Park Day School. Then we knew that we didn't want a gate right here in the middle of the walkway. And so we decided to move it over there at, at one of the entrances to the school. So at the forty third street, we felt like that was a good place to welcome people in because it's still it's a friendship gate and a welcoming gate. And
1: I, I thought it was kind of weird to just have a gate standing up in the middle of nowhere, not connected to a fence on either side. So I planted the hedge on either side of the gate. So that it would sort of be part of part of a border.
4: So is a nice um, break between our schoolyard and then the driveway where there's cars. So it's good for safety too. I think it's really great that you guys are getting
1: all of this history down for everybody to know. And I would really love it if we knew the name of the person that made that yes. gate. What?
4: John Old Donnie.
1: Oh, you're right. I think that is his name.
4: So let's head over to the Sunken Garden.
0: I was wondering, like, how was the Sunken Garden built?
4: Um, The Sunken Garden has been here on campus for a long time, since I think before Park Day School was even here on the property. Yes. Right? So it was the children's home and orphanage before that, and the Sunken Garden was here then. My understanding is that before we had the Palm Building and the Matilda Brown Home Building, that there was actually a different building here on this site. So I saw a photograph of a building that was here that was made out of wood. It was an old Victorian building. And it burned down at one point. It was not here in this specific location, but it was on the property. And that my understanding is that 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 building burned and then they had bricks from the foundation of that building and that they used some of those bricks in building the sunken garden. Now that's a story, but it kind of makes some sense because back in the day, in the early 1900s, usually they used bricks for the foundation of buildings.
0: I wanted to know why there are bricks that say C and H on them. Me and my friends think it stands for like children's home. Um, so I, I
4: don't know about the C and H on the bricks. Often there is something stamped in them. And usually it's about where the bricks came from, the company that actually made the bricks. So sometimes they would put their stamp on the bricks that they made. And so my guess is that that's what the C H or C and H is from. But I don't know of a brick foundry with those those initials. It might be a good little research project to figure out where they came from.
0: These bricks kind of look different from all the other bricks in the second garden.
1: Well, I think that r- repairs have needed to be made at different times, you know, if bricks come loose and then get carried off and played with or broken. When, when I came here 25 years ago, there was a tree right there where that tree is and it was 60 feet tall.
4: Interesting, but so things change over time, right? And then we added the fence around it. So that wood fence is all new. It was donated by a family and it actually came from my
1: husband and i donated Ah. it
4: so it came it came that way so that's beautiful that hannah helped make this fence happen around here you've heard (laughs) about the bricks and how they came from different places and came over time so it didn't all happen just like that i don't know why it was sunken though right it's lower than everything else on campus and i don't know why anybody have any ideas
0: Maybe an earthquake happened
2: and lowered it. Maybe it was like the basement or like there was some type of foundation here and then they took that thing away
1: and replaced it with the garden.
0: <coughs> Has the sundial always been here?
1: So when, when Park Day School bought the Matilda Brown home in 2008 and took the fence down, some changes had to be made to turn it into a school. The sundial used to be located right in front of the, near the steps going into the Magnolia building. Um, And we wanted to make sure that it didn't get destroyed by the bulldozers that were moving things around at that time. So we brought it over here. And um, I don't know if you've ever seen a a sundial, but it, it had a top on it with numbers from like a clock face, you know, that went around. And then there was kind of a tall uh metal arrow kind of wing and one of the people that worked at the school at, back then felt like it was too dangerous cuz the thing was kind of pointy that's that stood up. And so it ended up in an office inside the building and then it just disappeared. I want to get a sundial back here. If you find the
0: sundial, please return it. Thank you for sharing your knowledge of the history with us. It was so fun. (laughs) I think it was really cool of you to come out and tell us all these amazing stories about our Park Day history, especially about the Friendship Gate and the Sunken Garden. I think it's all amazing.
1: Well, I want to appreciate you both for um, when you're telling the stories, it just it really illustrates your deep love for this place over a long period of time, both as parents and employees, so I I really appreciate that.
3: Wow, there really is so much history to uncover on our campus. How lucky we are to have people like Jennifer and Hannah who've been around for so long and are so interested in learning about and sharing this history. I don't know about you, but I feel pretty lucky to go to a school whose campus has such an incredible legacy. We
0: learned a lot from talking with Jennifer and Hannah, and from the books that we mentioned. But at the same time, we now have an even longer list of unanswered questions. Like, where did their
3: original sundial go? What does the CH on the sunken garden bricks really stand for? Was anything written in the marquee above the palm building? And if so, when and why was it removed? Or What about the bird bath
0: or fountain or whatever it was? Well, like we shared earlier, there's just too much history to fit in this one episode. We'll have to pick up this project next school year to see if we can find answers to some of these questions. I hear the main Oakland Public Library as a whole room dedicated to Oakland history. Maybe we can take a field trip there and see what we can uncover about this, these missing pieces of our campus's history. It sure sounds like we already have our first podcast project when we return to school after the summer break. I can't wait! Hey listener, remember the map from earlier? As you can see, there's so much left to learn. If you happen to find other historical markers while exploring our campus, let us know on the Padlet so we can update our map and help our community learn more about the rich history of Park Daygrounds. In the meantime, please join us in saying thank you once again to Hannah and Jennifer. They both do so much for our school and community. And on top of that, there's some real Park Day historians. If you have any questions for them, then...
3: Wait, wait, wait,
0: let me guess. Let us know on this episode's padlet. Well, I was going to say ask them in person when you see them next, but you know, that's also a great idea because then our whole community has a chance to learn from their response. All right, friends, we've reached the end of this episode, but we'll be back with the whole lot more as we build belonging by sharing stories, perspectives, and a whole lot of history from the margins of our school and
2: community. Once again, we're your hosts, Canyon, Simone, Ellie, Layla, Abella, Sahara, Jordan, a.k.a. Jojo, Lula, a.k.a. Lula, and me, Maya. And that does it for this episode of If You Knew Me Mondays. Thank you for tuning in and catch you next time around.